day, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, kicking off day two here at the Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit. Joining in with Rick Trotman from Barksdale Resources. Barksdale Resources trades on the TSX Venture with BRO and on the OTCQX with BRKCF. Rick, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show again. Yeah. Uh, you know, this company, it's interesting the, how this company has evolved a little bit over the last couple of years. Yeah. I just like want to put a general statement, I guess, yeah, just kick things slow, off. Slow, <coughs> slow evolution, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about this evolution. I mean, it's it, it has been a little bit slow going. Yeah. So um, we originally started off as a Arizona-focused exploration company and have been trying to push through permits on our flagship assets there, uh, including Sunnyside, since 2018. And uh, as you can imagine, it's been a long slog. We're getting close to the finish line there, but uh, you know it's been it's been a slow endeavor. So uh, a couple of years ago, we branched out. We added a project down in Mexico to mm-hmm. you know give us something to um, to do to, 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 <laughs> to, to, to do as, uh, besides permitting and to push forward and to, to add value. And so we've done that. We drilled a p- deposit. Uh, you know, 2019. Um, oh, sorry, 2020. We drilled that deposit and. Um, you know, we, uh, we're getting to the point of having a resource out on that here soon. But uh, again, a bit of a waiting game. Our consultants are uh, bogged down and losing people. So, um, mm. you know, it's one of these things where uh, one step forward, two steps back. So, you know, I would say here in the next month or two, you know, we'll kind of hit the, 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 the pinnacle. We'll, yeah. we'll finally have some of these things all come together. So mm. we'll have a resource coming out of uh, Mexico. We'll have our permit, you know, touch wood um, up in Arizona at Sunnyside. We did receive a permit earlier this year at our San uh, Antonio project near Sunnyside in Arizona. So, you know, it, it's we're we're lining everything up for a spectacular 2023. And so, all of this slow going glacial progress is you know going to come to an end, and we'll start barreling forward at uh, mighty speed. Right. Well, I mean, mining is boring at times, right? I mean, yeah. in between the news, I mean, it's not fast and you know crazy like a lot of other industries are or are perceived to be but that's just kind of the name of the game yeah it's <coughs> not tech where we're developing a new uh you know gadget every right. couple of months or, or yeah. software where you can plow something through and you know an order of a couple of quarters uh, right. you know it takes years and years and years for mining yeah. and um Let's. Uh, I do want to talk about San Javier, that project in Mexico you've been drilling. But I do want. I'm just really curious about this <coughs> lag time with permitting for Sunnyside. Can you tell us the you know, what's going on? Why such an extended period of time waiting for these permits? You know what's been the holdup or the challenges from you know the administrators? You know mm-hmm. deciding on when how to get you these permits sure sure well it's a it's a culmination of multiple things so we have no less than four agencies that we deal with Hmm. so u.s forest service is the the lead agency that kind of quote unquote steers the process and you know ushers the rest of the agencies through Um, but we do have to deal with the u.s fish and wildlife service we have to deal with the army corps of engineers we have to deal with the state of arizona department of uh, environmental quality and so each one of these groups has you know input into Uh the process and right now the forest service is effectively done with the process and what we're waiting for is the fish and wildlife service to finish their biological opinion and this is something that we got to them probably at least six months earlier 
than you should in the process. And we've been waiting for them to finish this for well over a year. So is it just for drilling? It's just for drilling. Yeah. Dear Lord. So all these agencies, they're, they're having the staffing issues that you would typically see in regular industry. Yeah. But then on top of that, you add in, you know, a bunch of folks that are just coasting through and not really incentivized to work, you know, yeah. and it's a, poor combination you know there's no incentive for them to clear their plate so to speak right because their plate is endlessly full yeah and you know they get no appreciation or no additional consideration for doing a good job or getting you know everything off their plate the only thing that they hope to avoid through all of these processes is you know to not mess up and get chastised by you know superiors so you have layers of bureaucracy behind this i'm just curious how is it is it just arizona or you know is it similar in other jurisdictions like i don't necessarily feel like it's the same in in nevada but maybe there's not as many you know places where you have to go through all four lines of bureaucracy you'd be surprised actually yeah Um, but no it's all office dependent so if you go to nevada the offices are staffed with folks that have experience working on mining files and you know they yeah, they, yeah. they do that day in and day out down in Arizona or in Idaho or you know Montana or Oregon California yeah. um, you you get these folks that deal mostly with um, you know permitting of new trail systems or grazing rights right. or all of these types of things that are ancillary to mining and they really don't have the experience um, and in particular Arizona is not the, there's a group of national forests down in Arizona they're not the coveted national forests mm-hmm. so the folks that tend to work at those offices are either um, let's just say not shooting stars within the agency or they're waiting to do their time before they move to a different forest because everyone wants to get to like the Pacific Northwest or Yosemite or you know a nice national forest Um, and so um, you know you get a lot of musical chairs yeah so it's it's tough maybe we should wait to air this interview until after those permits end, just so they don't feel chastised or anything (laughs) (laughs) no we we appreciate the work but i think there's there is some honesty behind what you're saying because you're living it like you are going through the process that you're supposed to you're trying to do you're doing everything right and it is just it is that level of bureaucracy that you know, when you get down to the politics of all, it just drives people nuts. And it, it's not just mining, it's almost everything anymore that when you have to do with, mm-hmm. you know, federal well, administration. And if you think this is bad, think of how the process looks for actually permitting a mining <laughs> operation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's even crazier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just fast forward and say you get the, you get these permits to drill. You know, what does that drilling strategy look like? What are you going to do to really finally get on sunny side and going because i feel like i've been talking about this project with you for like five years yeah almost yeah this december is my fifth year at the company yeah yeah so i was right yeah 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 Yeah, exactly um yeah once we have the permit you know our goal you know we've got a monster next door the the neighbors are building a mine it's a two billion dollar capex project effectively to build one of the world's largest lead zinc silver operations our goal is to show the investing public that we have that style material, hopefully of a better grade, on our side of the fence. 
you know the deposit just goes yeah. right up to the fence line so what about the depth the depth of the deposit yeah the depth it, it kind of plunges to the northwest and mm -hmm. so we project in the southeast portion of our project um you know that depth would probably be somewhere on the order of seven to eight hundred meters okay and then as you go north towards the uh, northwest or the northern side of our project borders you'd probably get down to depths of 16 1700 meters something okay. like that okay um you know uh, for reference i think south 32 is putting in twin shafts next door that are something on the order of 1500 meters deep so okay. um you know there it's going to be a deep mining operation next door and uh you know what we have you know kind of borders between you know yeah. moderately deep and deep yeah yeah well i mean but so you, you're gonna have to drill pretty dang deep and obviously that comes at a cost i mean how prepared is the company to take that on right now no, very very so um you know we're in the midst of finishing a little financing right now <coughs> that should give us the um the the firepower necessary to get all the way into the drilling phase um we've got a series of warrants that we're in the process of extending it as well so rather than expiring at the end of this month they would expire at the end of january yeah. of next year and so we hope to get the permits between now and then and hopefully those warrants will come through it's four and a half million dollars of additional funds okay and so that would give us more than enough money to start drilling okay. and um with respect to the drilling itself we're interviewing different drilling companies right now that have directional drilling capacities as well as um the ability to um kind of use daughter mother holes um, to kind of mitigate the, the cost and the risk of losing holes when we start that process. Okay. So we would drill one deep mother hole, and then as you kind of pull up from the bottom, then yeah. you'd splinter off and do a series of additional holes off of it. It looks like kind of like a Christmas tree at the end right, of the day. Right, right, right. Um, it's a, a really going to be exciting <coughs> once you can get on the ground, put some drills in, into it, and, and see what comes out because it is highly perspective, and I think a lot of people are watching really closely for that day to come. Uh, but there has been a lot of work there in Mexico on San Javier. So let's uh, spend a few minutes talking about that. You know, what you're, what you're drilling, I mean, you got in Mexico, you got a nice little, nice little copper project down there. Nice, I mean, little bit just in general terms. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, well, look, this is never going to be, you know, a, a world-class asset in respect to the number of tons that are there, right? I mean, right. we didn't go in thinking that, and, and we certainly haven't changed our minds. Our approach with San Javier has always been that it looks like a relatively straightforward and easy project to put into production. Mm -hmm. And so our drilling campaign really added on to a bunch of work that have done in the past and allowed us to tie everything together. And so I think we're, what we're going to end up with is a resource that's really tightly defined, mm -hmm. a lot of measured and indicated resources, very little inferred, and it's going to have a very low strip ratio, something that is very desirable to you know operators. Yeah. Um, and so the goal is to to push that thing forward as a low capex, low let's call it uh, intensity um, mining operation. Something that's very simple. Yeah. You know, hopefully once we do a little bit of additional metallurgical work, we can show that it can be run of mine. So um, that would make it considerably easier than almost any other project out there yeah yeah, yeah. I, I gotta give you a lot of credit here because in this tumultuous market we've been in for well all year plus some uh you know your your chart 
doesn't look all that bad. I mean, it's hanging in there compared to a lot of your peers. Right yeah, now. I think we're we're probably up close to 40-50% this year, I would say. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. I guess I I could ask you like, you know, what do you give credit credit to who or what do you give credit to to yeah. really manage this thing? Uh, yeah, so the credit has to be given to our our dedicated shareholders. So, we have a bit of a cult following. Um, we have a lot of funds and other big kind of retail or or high net worth investors that they buy stock, and when how'd you build that book? <laughs> slowly over time, yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of brain damage and a lot of uh, <laughs> pounding pavement and and finding folks that understood what the proposition was, right? Right. Um, at the end of the day, we have something that can be special, and the hurdles that we have to jump over to get to that point of understanding yeah. are bureaucratic; they're not technical. Right. So, I mean, isn't the rest of the sector always looking for those great shareholders, those buy and hold people? Mm-hmm. Because too often we get these, you know, uh, the warrant clippers or you know mm-hmm. the sell the sell on volume after discovery type thing. You know, those buy and hold um, shareholders are it seems like are getting more difficult to find anymore because that's not necessarily in the forefront of an investor's mind lately. It's short term profits, short term gains. And that's really what people are looking for mm-hmm. this late in the cycle. Um, you, I mean, give me a sense. Is it, is it, is it getting harder to find those good buy and hold shareholders? It is. It is. It's incredibly hard. But I, I'll, I'll kind of spin it a little bit. Okay. Um, I think it, it provides a great opportunity because if if we can have the performance that we've had with the small pool of shareholders that we do have that are very loyal and have been building big positions, once those retail guys come, once that fast money comes and they want to try to do what you say, you know, kind of play the short game it'll be incredibly hard for them to get stock and to get cheap stock. Yeah. And so hopefully we've set up the, the, the structure of the company and you know the, 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 the squeaky tightness of the shareholding such that when we actually start doing great things, knock on wood again, um, that it's, it's you know, very hard to get in yeah. and we make people pay for it. <laughs> to be honest, I yeah, mean, no, that's, that's, <laughs> o- that's always that's always the game. I mean, uh, you know, you never know how these things are going to go, but that's what you want to right. to have happen, right? Right, so. right, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to be. W- uh, this is one I'm watching. Uh, I'm sure once those permits come in and you publish the news, that you know it's going to be go time. That's the next. It, it is the next big step and catalyst for the company. So holding on patiently and and, and, and ready for that. So. Uh, Let's catch up then if it happens soon. If, if it ha- Hopefully it doesn't take longer than it has to. It already has. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, let's, let's hope it comes in soon and you can get on the ground and get to work there. Sunnyside. Amen. Right. It's Rick Trotman from Barksdale Resources. They trade on the TSX Venture with BRO and on the OTCQX with BRKCF. And uh, hold on, everybody. We got more coming up from the Be- Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 
please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.